Welcome to another exciting episode of the Dr. Joey Kramer. Uh, whoa, hey, hold on there. Another exciting episode of the Dr. Joey Kramer podcast. My name is Dr. Joey Kramer. This is a podcast about health, health being a complete state of financial, physical, social, mental, emotional well-being. This week's topic, we are diving deep into Medicare. As many of you already know, I despise the world of insurance. I think it's a giant Ponzi scheme and all of us are the rabbits playing in the game. However, we do have to take into consideration that there is about a fifth of our population that is currently moving into the world of Medicare. And for this conversation, I've brought on local expert, Sean Turner, who is here to help us understand and navigate the perilous seas that face us when we face the decision of moving into this wonderful age bracket that contains us in Medicare. Welcome, Sean. Thank you, Joey. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for hosting me on your show. I know. It's great, man. Yeah, yeah. this is great. It is great. I remember when we first started talking about, when we first met, I think we met at the executive forum. Yeah. You were telling me you were just started your business and you're diving into the helping people with Medicare, yeah. you know, insurance itself and navigating the stuff. And so I was like, what a better person to bring on to this. Oh so, yeah, no, I've, I've learned a lot about seniors and, yeah. and uh, Medicare in general and it's, yeah. it's a really interesting uh, time. Do they like the word seniors or do they get mad about that? No, so seniors, they don't like to be called seniors. They, most of the time they identify with people who are maybe 15 to 20 years younger than them. Really? Uh, yeah, because what you'll see is a lot of seniors, like we used to look at ages chronologically. Sure. And so the older you got, the, the more senior, more experienced or whatever. But now some seniors are super healthy, active and fit, running marathons. Yeah. And then others are shriveled up, maybe living in a nursing home. So sure. there's, there's a wide variety, but you could look at a 65-year-old and they're both in very different places. That's very, very true. Yeah. Socially. So monetarily physically physically yeah, yeah. They, have, they have very different walks of life oh yeah, yeah. so th- yeah. a lot of seniors don't like to be called seniors yeah. and a lot of them uh, don't identify with other seniors with other seniors that's tough it's an yeah. interesting world um so i want before we dive into this whole conversation about medicare let's let's talk about you a little bit so where are you from yeah so i actually grew up in ulis but uh moved to roanoke yeah. And then our business, uh, Buffer Insurance, is located in Southlake now. It's in Southlake. You guys yeah. are Whitechapel and what is this? Continental? Continental, yeah. Whitechapel and Continental. There you go. Just right there at the traffic circle. Right there at the traffic circle. Um, and married, kids. What? Yeah, yeah, so I'm married as of uh, seven years ago. And nice. uh, we have three kids. Uh, our oldest daughter is five. Our middle daughter is three. And then we have a one-year-old son who just started walking. You and I get to hang out in the same circles. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Five, three, and two-month-old. So, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're close. Yeah. And you did a short stint for our nation, didn't you? Yeah. So yeah. I used to be in the military. Uh, I actually, I think, I sometimes attribute it to just playing too much Call of Duty, uh, too much uh, video games. I'm guilty <laughs> of that. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast the other day, and he was talking about the years 2008 to like 2012. Yeah. How many hours he spent playing Call of Duty? <laughs> and he goes, if I had applied that to my business, I'd be a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I'm in that circle. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's funny. Well, so I, I did that, but uh, I, I joined the, the Army Infantry and then got out in, I guess, 2014 was nice. the, the last year. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's great. So um, what led you into insurance? How'd you dive into this? I mean, you're, you're married, you're out of the military. What, what led you down this path route? Together? That's an interesting question. So I, I used to work in healthcare for a healthcare provider and 95% of our patients were Medicare age. And so really? 
I, I was thinking, wow, this is, uh, this is not a, it was kind of a grim uh, kind of foreshadowing that was occurring at the business because our reimbursement rates would go from, uh, we, we did uh, in-home respiratory equipment. So ventilators and complex okay. devices. It went from like 2000 bucks a month down to $450 a month, just within like three, a three or four year span. Really? Thought, wow, I need to get out of this. And so I went from there to get into medical insurance where we started working with employers, small group businesses, which we still do today, but then also seniors as well. Okay. And so I went from like the provider side, much like you, yeah. over to the insurance side, helping direct seniors to get on plans. Sure. Um, why do you think reimbursements drop like that? What was the, what was the big thing? I mean, you know, uh, well, that's a massive drop to go 2000 a month down to 400. Dude, that's like, that, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, what happened was that there's, uh, there's this thing called a Medicare bid, uh, or competitive bid is what they call. Okay. And so a lot of these providers nationally will, will compete in this bid system. And let's say you're bidding for an in-home oxygen concentrator, whatever service it is these providers will submit their bids and it's the lowest bid. So they go off the That's average it. of the lowest bid. So a lot of national providers bid it down so low to, to basically crunch out their competitors. So they become Walmart. Yeah. Virtually is what they do. Or Amazon at this point. Well, it's, yeah. it's really terrible. So I understand the reasoning behind it because Medicare was, was spending a lot of money. It was, is overinflated. Sure. Um, but, and there's a lot of fraud, waste and abuse happening. But at the same time, these, these patients that we had they weren't, we weren't able to afford to hire the best provider to go out there to their homes and there. Yeah. So there is becoming a cash pay business. And, and unfortunately, uh, most companies couldn't afford to hire good help to assist those patients. That's scary. Yeah. I mean, just like really, if, you, if we break this down, right, here we are, we're taking our 40 years of work, yeah. right, of where you're paying into the system. Yeah. And hoping the system is going to take care of you on the back end of the equation. Yeah. And as a result, it doesn't. No. And now you're, you're just saying, yeah, I agree with you on this, but yeah. the provider level is significantly lower yeah. for taking care of Medicare patients. I mean, they're not they're young, young guns coming out ready to help them. I mean, these guys are not the, the cream of the crop to take care of you oh, in yeah. your most vulnerable states. Well, right? and what's yeah. happening to our, our generation now of young people, they see that and a lot of them who may have been doctors or pursued that route to become a doctor in the future they're not actually yeah. in fact my best friend is actually a ophthalmologist he quit after all this school because he realized the reimbursements were had, had really declined so much they're terrible and he can make yeah. a, a decent living cash pay in another business no uh, way what business did he go into Insurance. Really? <laughs> Interesting. Like yeah. uh, like PC insurance? Yeah, property yeah. casualty insurance. Yeah. 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 Wow. So when we talk about Medicare here, I think I wanted I wanted to start this t- conversation a very interesting thing. So you move into this field. Yeah. Right. You're you're in the insurance side of the equation, taking care of small business owners, helping um, you know, individuals as yeah. well, right? But when we dive into Medicare, people often think seniors like we started this conversation with yeah but medicare isn't only limited to those who are 65 and above yeah is that correct correct yeah so after you want me to explain how that works yeah please yeah so someone who's under 65 they can qualify for medicare if they've had a qualifying disability so they they're now getting social security disability okay Uh, and once they've had that for up to 24 months once they're on their 24th month they get automatically enrolled into part a and b of medicare okay and then they have to select a plan. So you never okay. want to just have original Medicare, 
with nothing else because your out-of-pocket maximums unlimited. So really? that's, that's why people are forced to either choose an, an advantage plan, which is uh, can be seen as restrictive because it's network-based. Yes. Or they can go the supplement route, which is going to be more expensive with premiums, but then you have access to, to more providers. You have a wide provider access. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I have, you know, I'd like to say this. So under 64, I have two specific patients in my practice. One was ran over by a boat oh, and no. another one fell off of the third balcony. Wow. And they're both on Medicare. One of them's twenty three, and the other one's twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. And they're on Medicare, but wow. they have, they had to, they didn't they don't get to go the supplement route. They have to go the Advantage route. Yeah, right. Now they're really really limited with any of their options. Oh yeah, because yeah. a lot of a lot of providers will say, no, we don't want to take Advantage because we're being squeezed by these insurance companies who are yeah. massive companies. Like you look at United Healthcare. Sure. They're the dominant Advantage. Uh, provider here in North Texas. Yes. And they're on the Forbes top six list. So, I mean, yeah. this is a massive company, but they, they have a lot of leverage to squeeze the rates down to, to, for you guys. I that's because, that's because the number one, the provider and the patient are not their first yeah. priority. Yeah. The shareholder is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a money-making business. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And they're making a lot of it. Yeah. They're making like a lot they of got, it. Yeah, if you're Forbes number six, yeah, you're <laughs> making a lot of it. So, yeah. Okay, so somebody now sixty four. Let's go this route now. They get they are. I remember we talked before. It's some. There's a time frame before you turn sixty five that you need to start looking at this process. Yeah. What is that time frame? No, that's great. So there's a something called an initial enrollment period. Okay. We typically start talking to people when they turn sixty four and a half. Okay. Um, and because uh, three months prior to the sixty fifth birthday, they can enroll into Medicare. Okay. And it would become effective their birth month. So sure. if they turn, let's say April 25th is their birthday, yeah. their Medicare could begin as early as April 1st, but then three months leading up to that, would they be March, sure. February, January, they, yeah. could, they could enroll into the plan. They can enroll. I got you. I had that happen in the office. I had a lady that came in. She was like an August 30th birthday or August 24th, somewhere in that range. She yeah. And she started billing Medicare on August 1st. Yeah. Now, Medicare, she, now she's never used it, so she had to pay because you didn't hit your deductible. Yeah. Right? Because this is how that works. I think, but it's only like 125 bucks. It's, like, it's really small at that point. Yeah. So, but then after that, it started covering. So, that's pretty neat. Well, and what's interesting about Medicare is that Part A is, is the original part of Medicare, which covers hospitalizations. And for most people, that's free. Yes. Then you have Part B of I'm Medicare. I'm a Part B provider. Yeah. yeah, so Part B uh, has a, if you have original Medicare and you have like a Medicare supplement, some of the supplements don't cover the Part B deductible. Sure. And each year that deductible has gone up. So this year in 2020 is $198. Okay. But then also for Part B, the cost of that monthly, and a lot of people are taking out their Social Security check. Sure. And it's automatically, or I like to read, automagically. Yeah, automatically. Um, it's $144 a month for Medicare. most people based on your income. Really? Last year, that was 135. The year before that was less. And so each year that... <laughs> well, it's got to go up, but it doesn't cover... I mean, it is, the inflation's not going to cover it. I mean, No, no so yeah. someone will get, yeah, we're getting a social security raise. And then, oh, that raise is going to pay for the increased Medicare premium. Sure. That's exactly what happens sure. every time. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you ever find that people in your customer basis have a problem paying their deductibles? Is there a bracket of that generation that has it? Yeah, so uh, if you look at the middle class, most of them are paying for this year 145 bucks for their premium plus their deductibles. Um, there's they can qualify for something called Medicare Extra Help. Yeah, and that's that's a program that can help them if they make 
if they're married, filing taxes jointly, if they make less than like twenty five thousand, sure. they can qualify for this, and it, it pays that. But yeah. uh, there's more and more people that are falling into that boat because they've not maybe planned financially to to pay for it, pay for a retirement. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, so that's interesting. So I think about this because we're the biggest generation coming up on the Medicare is baby boomers. Yeah, there's ten thousand seniors a day turning sixty five. That's seventy million. Yeah. Right, baby boomers, yeah. when we look at a fifth of the population in the U.S. Do you think the Medicare system is ready to house all 70 million of them? I mean, what's going to happen to, the, to it? I mean, it's because it's, it's a big thought right now that we have coming on. Of, yeah, well, right? and, uh, I don't think so. Um, be, uh, that's a good question. I was, are they going to be able to, is the government going to be able to afford them? Or is, are the seniors going to be able to afford it? I think it could be both that's questions, a, right? Because it's a government-run program. Yeah. Right. But you know, this there's this whole pitch right now, Medicare for all. I think it would totally destroy the entire healthcare oh. system. I mean, you, yeah. you know, it's like, it, it, I would be like your friend if that happened. Yeah. I would just be done. I yeah. would walk out. I would yeah. walk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. in the in the Medicare for all, the single payer system has been proposed in states before, like several years ago. I think it's four years ago they proposed in Colorado, yeah. and it's typically a liberal state. Yeah. It was, uh, it didn't pass. It didn't no. pass vote. So I don't think that that's no. going to happen. I don't either. But uh, it keeps coming up as a popular topic for yes. sure. Yeah, I think it's just more of a discussion point than is anything on that. So when most people come in, then what's their biggest concern they have going to Medicare? Uh, the cost, and then are they going to be able to see their same doctors? Oh, that's tough. Yeah, and so uh, that's really tough. A lot of primary care physicians are are they used to be kind of like free agents. But they realize they, they don't have any leverage with the insurance companies by being like a free agent. So they join a, a, a doctor association of some sort. Okay. And so that doctor association may incentivize them to take different plans. Okay. Um, I actually have uh, a doctor who's referred quite a bit of business to us who, because he wants, he realizes, hey, these seniors are turning 65. If I don't tell them to talk to Sean, then they're going to get on a plan that I don't take and I'm going to lose, lose your patients. Patient. Yeah. And then, you know, it's fascinating because I think we have a education issue mm-hmm. with our general public. Yeah. In which they perceive that now that doctor is a piece of scum because he's not on my insurance. Yeah. But I think people don't realize how complex insurance is for the health provider. Oh, yeah. I mean, the back end for us, like for yeah. what we have to go through to actually get, even get qualified to get accepted. I think I had to bill Medicare for eight and a half months until I actually got it right. Yeah, and then got paid three months later. Meaning, like oh, I, yeah. I'm carrying like four thousand dollars in bills for like a nine month period. Like you feel like, like you're working as a charity. Yeah, yeah it's a charity, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's a not for profit at this point. Yeah. yeah so, Wait, and and because it's an it it truly is a, it's an entitlement program. Um, yes, you paid into it, but overall, it's an entitlement program. Yeah. And, and people feel entitled to certain services. Sure. And they look to you as the bad guy for not taking their their their, their insurance. Sure. Yeah. So how do you guide them on that then? Do you find out what the doctor's enrolled in and then you have them, like, is that like the conversation? Is that how that works? Yeah. So we'll typically base it on like who your doctors, because we don't want to present something to you, whether it is, because we represent a bunch of different insurance companies. Sure. And so we'll, we'll go through and see who their doctors are and then come up with a proposal of what, what these are your, the plans your doctor takes. These are the pros and cons of that plan. These are the ones your doctors don't take. Um, there's some people who are extremely loyal to their doctors. Yeah. But a lot of the healthy seniors, they're like, I haven't seen my doctor in three years. Like, yeah. screw that guy. Yeah. I'm going to go with the, the cheapest plan. Sure. And so uh, it's it's hard because 
um, the way Medicare works, it's fee for service. So you don't get paid unless you're providing a service. Amen. Um, yep, that's how it works. And so uh, it's hard for uh, doctors to make money on healthy patients because they're not seeing them as frequently. Yes. Uh, and they're only getting paid on those sick ones. And so yes. It, it's a difficult conundrum for you guys, for sure. It is. Well, you know, it's fascinating for me. So I run into this in, in the chiropractic world. You're not allowed to opt out. Yeah. So in, so Medicare is a forced thing on us. You have to take so many patients a year or something like that? No, you have to take Medicare. Oh, wow. Meaning that there, so let's say that a patient calls us. Let's, I'll, I'll use the two classifications you just gave me. We have sick and we have healthy. Yeah. So let's say a healthy patient calls and they say, hey, I just want to come in. I, you know, I want to make sure that I'm doing okay. Well, if they're a, a perfectly healthy individual, we, we can bill them our cash rate. Because yeah. there's no incident of a trauma that led to the recommendation of the care as a result of needing this and yeah. blah, 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 blah. But let's take the sick patient on the flip side. Mm-hmm. So now it's what are the codes? How many codes do they have? Depending upon that code, you get this many visits and that many yeah. visits covers this much. But if it's active treatment, it only lasts for 12 visits. Yeah. Right. And then they're done. And the insurance says you should be totally healthy for 12 visits. Yeah. When in reality, right. that, everyone, everyone's different. When you have an yeah. 88-year-old with Parkinson's that's been sick for the last 25 years, he's You're not going to solve that in 12 visits. 12 visits. Yeah, right, dude. That's yeah. not going to happen. Right? Yeah. They're seeing their, But it's sick because it's like – but then so let's take the flip side of this. Now they go and they see their neuro. Their neuro sends them to get an MRI. The MRI gets read by the guy. Then the neuro sends them to get somebody else and a CT. And then, like they're racking up three, four, five, six thousand dollars in tests. Yeah. Right. And we're over here, and we we give them one adjustment, and it's twenty seven dollars ninety seven. Yes. Right. And that's like this is sick. It's, right? it's, it's messed up. That sure. is messed up. It's a it's a it's a system that's crumbling. Yeah. That I see. That's hard. It's a hard thing to do. It's a well, fault. And, and I'm a huge believer in chiropractors. I, the, my first time at a chiropractor was when I was 16, I was playing soccer. Yeah. I had a pinched nerve in my back. Yeah. And I was like, wow, before this, my parents thought they were kooks. Sure. And, and I'm a, I became a huge believer at that yeah. point. And, and I really do believe that these seniors you're seeing, if they had gotten care earlier on in life, yeah. they wouldn't be in the places that they are now. Yes. And, yeah. and so I think that uh, there should be some plans that not necessarily Medicare, it should be earlier on in life that incentivize the use of this proactive medicine rather than preventative medicine. Yeah, preventative. It needs to be on that standpoint. So do you see maybe the future here if we're going down this pathway, so we have a lot more healthy seniors now, do you see a change in the system coming from that? Um, Not necessarily because our healthcare system in the U.S. is so, so messed up, but it's also, it's a reflection of how we live as a society and so it's it's become inflated because people think that they can live however they want with no consequences or or the consequences are paid for by someone else and so um and until people start taking and becoming their own advocate and taking responsibility for for their own health are we going to see a change yeah and i, I think personal responsibility is one of those things that when you look back at the founding fathers they, they believed in it sure and, and i think that it can change, yeah. Um, but one person getting sick can cause the cost to be distributed by a bunch of people. So yes, yeah. Almost ninety percent of people would have to be incredibly healthy to take care of the ten percent. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. So, Medicare wise, what else is like some big pressing issues that people face? Prescriptions. Oh my goodness. So let's see here. What is it? I think I read this stat the other day. Yeah. Out of the, there's a $3 trillion market for 
pharmaceuticals in the world, yeah. the United States consumes one trillion. Oh my goodness. <laughs> one third of all pharmaceutical drugs are I believe manufactured it. and consumed by the United States. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I would, a lot of seniors, they can, if they can get off prescriptions, the better. I mean, it would. Um, but I talked to a guy the other day. He he's like, oh Sean, you caught me. I was I was headed out the door to uh, go to Kroger because they had a sale on Dr Pepper's. <laughs> and what's funny, we ironically we had to go through his prescription list, and he's like, oh this one's for kidney stones, and then this one's for narcolepsy, and uh, and he went down the list for uh, gabapentin for nerve damage, and and he took like seventeen prescriptions. And Are you serious? Yeah, dead serious. And and his costs are are astronomical. Um, because there's something called the donut hole. Okay. Uh, and it doesn't sound as tasty as a donut. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not fun to be in. You don't want to be in the donut hole. What is the donut hole? Uh, so once you and the insurance company have spent X number of dollars, this year it's it's $4,000. So okay. sounds like a lot. But when you go in for a drug and you pay 40 bucks for that drug for a month's supply, but then the flip side, the insurance company's paying 400 for that same drug. Sure. Um, you can reach it pretty quickly. A lot that of times. That takes 10 months. You're done. Yeah. Well, so yeah. a lot of times people will take it uh, if they take uh, insulin paired with another uh, name brand drug. Sure. And, and I would say most the most common drug that I see is metformin. That's kind of the, the predecessor to yeah, insulin. Pre-diabetic. Yeah. That's all, that's all that is. And yeah. so uh, prescriptions are just – it can be costly. But there's ways to, to handle the cost with that. Um, uh, I mean you've seen GoodRx. Yeah, I've seen uh, GoodRx. People that's would great. do that. I Fun. use that. We don't have, I don't carry insurance. For myself, yeah. I mean, I use a shared ministry. Like, yeah, yeah. That's what we use, just for like traumatic things in case some catastrophic something catastrophic happens, right? That's what insurance is designed to be used for, yeah. not used for preventative yeah. daily day stuff. But uh, yeah, we use GoodRx. Well, GoodRx right. for those people who don't know what it is, like you can download the app on your phone or go to the website. And like my wife was taking some hot water out of the microwave the other day and burned her hands because yep. she just wasn't paying attention. Yep, and. Long story short, the, the tub of cream that the doctor prescribed was like 70 bucks Jeez. and then with, with the insurance. Yeah. And then we went to GoodRx and it was 35 Yeah. And so pharmacists hate it because they're losing out a lot, but it's, yeah. uh, GoodRx is free. I mean, yeah. It's a good app. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, nice. But then also there's a lot more people I'm seeing are buying prescriptions from Canada. <laughs> How's that working? Yeah. So, uh, there's a website uh, we, we know of called pharmacychecker.com and there's a bunch of websites like this, but, uh, basically the one, the way that's set up is that they type in their drug and maybe sure. it's an expensive name brand drug and this website searches all the other kind of independent pharmacies in Canada and they can just have it mailed to their house yeah. and you're bypassing the FDA and all this stuff, but it's the same, same drug, but lower cost. Just like going to Mexico. Yeah, exactly. walking into a pharmacy there and just telling them what you need and they just give it to you. Yeah, what's yeah. funny though is sometimes I, I, I say that to people because I'm like, Mexico's a lot, lot closer. Yeah. But they're like, ah, it's some stigma about going to Mexico for their prescriptions versus Canada. I don't, I don't know why. What? People I don't understand that at all. What's wrong with that? I, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that makes no sense. So, what, what percentage of people are currently on pharmaceuticals? I mean, from your Medicare age? Oh. I mean, is it 90% of them, 100%? No, like 96% of people have some type of prescriptions. A daily, a daily prescription. Yeah, whether it's a metformin, like a pre-diabetic drug. Or like a statin. Statin, like a yeah. corvastatin, or, yeah. or lisinopril, which is like a cholesterol-type medicine. Sure. Um, so cholesterol, diabetes, and, and blood pressure are like the top three things yeah. I see. Cool. And now you set yourself up for Alzheimer's. And yeah. so you're going to have that by the time you're 80 because you just got rid of all the fat in your body. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's super fun. <laughs> so that's great. Um, what else is going on? 
What, what else is new coming down the pipeline for these Medicare people? 2020, we have an election year. It's a hot topic, right? Yeah. That's something that's coming up. Well, the, the whole Medicare for all thing is big. Uh, I, I don't think that that's going to happen depending on who we get elected as president. But um, I saw something the other day that said that if we could control two factors in the entire world, we could fix the entire insurance agency. Number one was cost of insulin. Yeah. Like that's the number one thing. I forgot yeah. the second one was. Like, I can't remember, but it probably was prevention. Like, yeah. Yeah, prevention is great, but uh, a lot of times, like, the reason healthcare is also inflated is that doctors have no idea. Like, uh, we went to the ER, they don't have any idea what these tests cost. And yeah. so they just. That's what it was. It was standardizing the cost yeah. of doctor procedures. Yeah. That's what it was. In hospitals, I mean. Hospitals. And of course, hospitals is going to, same test there is going to cost more because they have more overhead, but um, there's no subjective cost for what an MRI should cost. Dude, it's nuts. I remember I, uh, this, I'll give you an MRI story real quick. So this is for my patients. I tell them all, ask them for a cash pay price. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? I go, well, with insurance, your MRI is a thousand dollars. And they go, what? And I go with, with cash is 300 bucks. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me either, but they would rather have the 300 bucks up front because they're not sure the insurance is even going to pay them the thousand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that makes total sense because they may not get paid for six months if they're going to get paid at all. Yeah. But then also, uh, there our, our president and a couple other people are really working towards getting this whole, before you have surgery, they have to tell you the cost of the surgery beforehand. That'd be great. Um, instead of, hey, we're going to do this heart surgery and then you'll find out the costs after you've already had the surgery, which then you can you can't take, take it back 000, to the store. Fifty five thousand, yeah, you yeah. can't do any of that stuff, man. Yeah. It's so crazy. I think having the cost up front is going to change things pretty significantly. I would think so, because then I, people are going to be shopping the cost. Um, there's like a, a website called Healthcare Blue Book, and people can go on and search for different uh, doctors and procedures and what the costs are in different areas. But I think it's also a flip side of this. Also, but think about the doctor's education. Right? Yeah. I think if you pull it up, I, I looked at it the other day, the average MD right now graduated in 2016, when they, they don't have the current numbers, but 2016, they graduated with 300,000 in student loans. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm not by so bringing... Then, so then it's kind of fascinating because these doctors are trying to, you know, they're trying to pay off their debt by yeah. running these things, but then the patients don't want to pay for the procedures, the insurance company's not covering anything, it's this giant just yeah. mess, No, is all it is. Yeah. I do think that healthcare costs need to come down, but I still think that doctors need to make a profit because yeah. just like any business owner, I yeah. tell people, you want me to make a profit because you want me to be here tomorrow to service you. Because if I'm yeah. not making a profit, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. Yeah. I'm not going to be here to service you. Yeah. And That's so, so important. It's important. Yeah. And yeah. people have to be okay with other people making money yeah. um, and not just getting the lowest cost sure. service. Yeah. Because they want, they want the best. Yeah. I think that a lot of people were in the Americas, right? Westernized society, we want the best. We always yeah. pay for the best. We, we've been raised in this culture yeah. of materialism where we want to have the best well, health care. With, with boomers, yeah. uh, seniors, they really are looking for an experience. And so they'll sure. pay more for a good experience. I would think so. Because yeah. they want somebody to listen. Yeah. Right? I actually, that's most of my seniors, the thing that they tell me is that you actually sit down and listen to me. Yeah. I had a person the other day that came into my office and she goes, um, my family practitioner wanted me to see a neuro. And so I went to the neurologist. The guy manspreaded, if you will, sat down and goes, how do you feel about propanol? And the patient was like, what do you mean? Yeah. And the patient goes, I don't want to take any drugs. And the guy goes, well, too bad. I'm giving you a prescription. Like, didn't, and then like, that was it. 
And that was the total experience. The guy walked out. And like, that's the whole like God authority type that's thing. God yeah. authority, yeah. right? Like I'm, I'm God doctor. Yeah. You are peon patient. I will tell you what you need. You versus, don't know what you need. You yeah. don't know what you need, right? Yeah. And I think that in today's day and age, our people are way more educated in general about our health. We've done yeah. a really good job of talking about our health, bringing awareness to it yeah. along these lines. Um, they may not like the answer because yeah. they know it requires lifestyle changes like we talked about earlier. Yeah. Instead of going to the store and getting a 24-pack of Dr. Pepper yeah. so you can take your metformin, you just stop buying the Dr. Pepper, right? Yeah. And over a couple of months, you'll get off the insulin and then you'll actually, yeah. you know, your kidneys will restore back to normal balance. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, this patient was ticked because she goes to me, she goes, at least you sit down and listen to what I want. Wow. And then you try to help me get there, right? That means a lot. Yeah. It means a lot because she's like, I may not like your answer because you're telling me to make some lifestyle changes, but I have to stomach that. Well, right. you're, you're yeah. building trust by listening yeah. to her and then yeah. she's going to, to more likely not obey, but follow the guidelines yeah. that you prescribe to her yeah, because it's, you have trust with her. You have trust, right? Yeah. That's the big thing. Instead of just writing a script, yeah. that's hard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. What else is going on with the small business world? So let's, so let's, let's transition gears here. So Medicare, we understand now 64, you know, when you, yeah. 64 and a half, you need to call Sean because yeah. Sean will help you guys navigate this pathway. As you can tell, we have a lot of options. Mm-hmm. Because some of you may be, you know, if we're in South Lake, you should have some executives and they may be on a platinum policy, dude. They may be sitting there with, you know, like like I have to call it the Cadillac where you, you know, you pay for nothing. Right. And now you're switching to years and you're like, wait, what, what just happened? Right. Yeah. So that's the big thing that we need to navigate. Be sure that you understand what network your doctors are in with, or even if they are in network and how you can continue to see them. If that's the route you want to go. Yeah. If you care less, just let yourself be put into the system and then you'll find out how bad care is after that. (laughs) I remember I had a guy call and he was like, do you take so-and-so supplement or uh, advantage plan? I was like, no. And like the closest doctor was in Longview. Like, I mean like, it's just like, you're like, no way. Oh, it was the cheapest price though. Yeah, cheapest (laughs) price. That was it. And I was like, yeah, man, well you can drive to Longview. You're going to spend the the price I charge in gas to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And so that'll be it. But um, how about small businesses? What do they look for with you? What do you help them do? How do yeah. they, well, you know, I, I, I remember this last month I was talking to a, one of our buddies that's in the DG locally and he was able to get a killer deal on a uh, insurance policy for his whole practice, for his office. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the reason why it's important for small business owners to have those policies in place, because a lot of them don't have insurance policies. No, no, I don't. So we're talking to a group now who just yeah. has 50 full-time employees who okay. doesn't have a policy in place at all for anyone. Yeah. Which that's unusual, but um, it's uh, for for the business owners who can't afford it. Um, I mean, your employees are going to be engaged more. I mean, they're yeah. going to be uh, more loyal to that and not looking for a job that does have coverage. Um, and then, but just realize that their their future impact is worth protecting, and and by having that insurance in place, you're protecting their their future. Um, and I think a lot of business owners think it's really expensive. Yeah, but I've heard that it's actually. Not no, so yeah. there's a lot of great. You you bring up a good a point because uh, there's something called fully insured where those those prices are kind of set in their cookie cutter policies. But a lot of the small business owners that we see who are healthy, there's medically underwritten products who uh, are the the prices are based on the demographics of the group. If it's a young group, you'll get really good prices, but they're getting incredible savings compared to a fully insured policy. So. Um, we have a, a group of, uh, of all people, construction guys. And, and when I thought, when I first met this group, I'm like, these guys are the guys who are at Whataburger and yeah. they're like dirty jeans, sure. getting, getting a, a, 
What's Route that? 44, yeah. Dr. Pepper. Yeah. They're coming home drinking a fifth of Jack Daniels at night. They yeah. wake up the next day with a bag of burgers <laughs> and they come to work. Yeah. yeah. And they and repeat. <laughs> yeah, repeat. That's and, their life. And But they, their rates came back like super low. I'm like, wow, this is, this is really great. So these medically underwritten plans that weren't usually available to small business owners yeah. now are. That's great. And, and that's making a huge difference on the bottom line for the business. Yeah, that's great. And the employees are happy. Yeah. So done. Oh, yeah. Um, Carrier-wise in the North Texas region, you said United is the biggest. Yeah, for Medicare right? Advantage. Uh, Medicare Advantage. What about small business? I mean, like, if we're, is BCBS the big one or what is the what's Yeah, the big... Blue Cross Blue Shield is going to be the most common that you see with, with small businesses. Okay. Uh, like, for example, Humana is, is definitely, like, those prices are 50% higher than Blue Cross Blue Shield. Why? Um, they're just not in the market for it, so their market's a hundred plus. Okay. Um, then you'll see like United Healthcare. Yeah. Uh, is competitive, uh, usually more so in Dallas County than Tarrant County. Interesting. Uh, and then you see like Cigna has uh, some of these level funded plans I've been discussing. Yeah. United Healthcare has some level funded plans. Um, so those are like some of the bigger carriers. Sure. Um, but then you have um, you have Scott and White. Which uh, is is competitive by price, but you have to go to Baylor Scott White Doctors. Yeah, which is, um, I mean, that's North Texas. Yeah, let's be real. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah. in like the Grapevine South Lake area. That's yeah, Baylor Scott White. If you go to downtown Dallas, you're Baylor big big Baylor's downtown. Yeah, yeah. so that's interesting. And then and then what's really neat uh, is a lot of the you know the whole Internet of Things like your devices becoming connected. Yeah, there's a company called Beam that we've started representing. B E A M. Yeah, like okay. a laser beam kind yeah. of. But they, they have this toothbrush that will connect to your phone and it collects the brushing data. Like if you brush your teeth twice a day for two minutes a day, yeah. uh, the, the group gets a discount based on the aggregated data of, of all their employees brushing their teeth. Now, the, the employer can't come in and be like, oh, Dr. Joey, you're not, you're not brushing your teeth. You need to. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can't see that. But um, I've seen these companies, they get their renewals back and it's, their rates decreased because of the, 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 the brushing. Yeah. That's how I was when I was in corporate. I, uh, I may have told you this, but they had a, a fitness test. You did at your corporate, at the corporate policy level where they came in. They said, okay, so the guy came to your house. He did a blood draw. He yeah. did like, you, you know, pee stuff. I mean, like he did the whole thing. He asked you a lot of dietary questions and all that. And you had a score back. Wow. And if your score was in like the nineties, you didn't pay anything. That's like, great. Like nothing. Yeah. Like, I remember my wife got like 10 grand of dental work done and they, they cover it. The whole thing. They, just, wow. you just, they write the check, they cover it because they know how when you're preventative, their risk long-term yeah. is very, very low. Sure. Yeah. Because you're not going to be a candidate for heart surgery. You're exactly. not going to be a candidate for having kidney failure and yeah. all these things that we're facing right now. That's, yeah. you know, what is it? Hey, number number one is heart disease. Number two is stroke. I mean, yeah. both of them are related to your heart and blood pressure. Yeah. So. And, yeah. and those are symptoms of other, other issues going yeah. on too. Yeah. Like your stress. Diet. Yeah. 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 Stress. stress. <laughs> Definitely. Small business owners too. Yeah. Stress. Awesome. Uh, anything else you want to add? No, that's it. I mean, yeah. uh, if anyone has questions, cause we, we, so that's what I usually, I usually wrap this up with is how do people get a hold of you? Yeah. So you go to our website, bufferbenefits.com, or you can send me an email, Sean, S E A N at buffer, B U F F E R benefits.com. And I'd be happy to answer any, any of those questions. You guys ever do any social media stuff or not really? Yeah, we're, we're on social media. You can find us on uh, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, those are our two great biggest platforms. That's great platforms. Yeah. Is it just at Buffer Benefits? Is yeah, that... at, at, it's actually at Buffer Insurance. At Buffer Insurance. Yeah. On yeah. both platforms. On both platforms, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So if you guys have any questions, reach out to Sean. He's going to be available to help you all out. 
help you in your transition phases as we move down this pathway. So I hope you all gain some insight into the world of the complexities of insurance. And thanks, Sean, for taking your time today. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Joe. Awesome, man. Watch this. And...